The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and today. to the Yesterday and Today podcast. We are talking here again. We're doing one of these interstitial episodes where we sort of chat and catch up on all things that have been happening in the events of the podcast. And I am, uh, well, I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. You probably don't hear my name on this show too often, but here I am. I'm Wayne Kaminsky. You never hear my name at all. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're about to enter into a series of episodes here. John Lennon, instead of touring, obviously we know Lennon never embarked in his solo years on a proper tour, quote-unquote tour. But for the album Walls and Bridges in 1974, which we're approaching on the Yesterday and Today podcast, he did embark on an interesting tour of sorts, a DJ tour where John visited several radio stations in the fall of 74 to promote Walls and Bridges and to play some of his favorite songs. And it's actually really interesting that approach because I think he's probably the only Beatle to sort of do that. I guess you could say like Ubu Jubu later for Paul. But anyway, we're going to be playing at the ends of each of these discussion episodes, these next three episodes, the DJ sessions by John Lennon. And to accompany that, we're going to walk through some of the tracks on Walls and Bridges. Now, I don't know about you guys, but Walls and Bridges is my favorite Lennon album. Where does Walls and Bridges stand with you two? It's 100% my favorite Lennon album. It's got the most, uh, most of what I like out of a Beatle or a former Beatle. It's got a good amount of pop, a good amount of rock on other previous solo albums and other solo albums in general he gets very distant and the songs are sometimes slower and more about lyric and this album has a lot of mass appeal to it i think oh yeah upbeat yeah and i think that's what what does it for me i don't know it feels like a good entry point to him also like to his solo material 
if you don't want to get too political and stuff in it. You know, it's it's a happy Lenin. It's a good Lenin. It is a happy Lenin. It's similar to what I would expect to hear from him on the White Album, aside from maybe, you know, the poppy song like Whatever Gets You Through Tonight or something like that or Number 9 Dream, but I think most of the other songs could probably fit in the White Album somewhere. For example, Nobody Loves You. That can probably fit anywhere in a lot of his songs after, say, Magical Mystery Tour. So you can probably hear that anywhere in, in any of his songs. When he starts getting I, more self-reflective. Right. Scared, for example. And then you have the real heart, you know, the rock and roll type of what you got, which I think is, is a really good song. And uh, Surprise, Surprise is another good one. So those type of tunes really, in my opinion, hold up to anything that Lennon has done after 67. Well, let's start by going down through the track listing here. It's an eclectic album, as you say. There is the self-reflective stuff. There's the poppy sounding stuff. There's the rockier stuff. Let's start with track one here, Going Down on Love. That is a song that evolved quite a bit from inception to what wound up on the record kind of a sadder song but in a little more of a upbeat tempo i guess more about the the split from yoko it sounds like i think yeah i i do agree if i knew john lennon and i had any influence on him i never would have opened the album with that tune <laughs> yeah because it does bring you down a little bit i i kind of realized that it was something that he and yoko were going through and now he's faced with almost falling in love with someone else. He sounds, in a lot of ways, confused about love, bitter about love, happy about love. It, it just it sparked a lot of emotions. And, and the tune itself, it just didn't do anything for me when I first heard it. And I kind of, to be honest with you, I kind of skipped over it when the album came out because it just, I, I couldn't relate to it. It was very deep. Yeah. <laughs> I like a happy Lennon. <laughs> I think that's where I land. I'm a ha- big happy Lennon fan. Um, it doesn't have the lyrical meat, if you will, that a lot of his other songs tend to, but I like it. It's good. Yeah, it's it's kind of a groove tune, and it's an interesting groove. It changes tempo, and it stops. There's hard breaks. It's a, Actually, I agree that it's a strange way to start this album, because it does place you in a weird space, but I think it's also going for the sound that he was kind of interested in at this time, which was a lot of brass and bongos, and I don't know, the 70s hit Lennon pretty hard in this uh, at this particular juncture. It's, uh, he got very, it sounds very influenced by the popular records of the time. But yeah, going down on love, it's, it's an interesting way to start it. But then we get the big, bright, poppy number, Whatever Gets You Through the Night, featuring... This would have been a much better opener, honestly. Yeah, with that screaming sax at the start. I kind of agree, because I think going down on love, you know, just fades out in bongos, and then all of a sudden this thing screams at you. Yeah. Uh, the second song, so... Yeah, definitely. Elton John's influence, I think, was very apparent in that song. Although I think he got buried in the mix. Yeah, I can't even hear the vocal. I mean, I I know he's on there. I know he's singing harmony, but it's hard to hear him, actually. Right. There's a lot of, uh, you know, interesting bass lines in in all these songs on this album from Klaus Vorman. And I think just the production itself loses it. I agree. I mean, the song changed a lot from 
inception to completion. I think there's a whole different sounding version out there. I think we might have even heard it on the on the Yesterday and Today podcast, but certainly on places like the Lennon Anthology and things. And then once Elton comes into the mix, the song changes pretty drastically, becomes a different kind of groove and much faster, much bubblier. But I agree, I find it puzzling that not only is his vocal, Elton's vocal so buried, his the piano's buried too in a way so exactly uh, it's exactly it's an odd choice but it's a great great tune lennon's first number one as a solo artist which is very confusing to me <laughs> you know of all the songs he's ever written that is his first number one it, it's really weird imagine would have been a stronger number one it's got radio appeal yeah i guess for the time you know he had the neil sadakas of the world you know and, and disco was just coming out I guess it had AM radio appeal. It's got a it's a boogie woogie tune, and of course Elton was the most popular artist in the world at that point. So, right at the height Absolutely. of his powers, I'm sure that didn't hurt. Lennon was not shy about talking about his friendship with Elton. Yeah, that brings us to you know overall, I think the sequencing on this album is pretty good, but the the opening is is pretty rocky because <laughs> from there, okay, so we open on a groove. Then we go to this bright sunshine pop song, and then we're on Old Dirt Road, which is a, you know, the Harry Nielsen stink is all over this one. And of course, we know uh, <laughs> Harry uh, covered it and contributed, right? The trying to shovel smoke with a pitchfork in the wind. I think that's, I think I remember that being Harry's line. But I love Old Dirt Road. It's one of my favorite Lennon songs, actually. I love Nielsen, but. It really starts to slow down once it hits Old Dirt Road. Uh, I'm I'm still trying to boogie woogie from whatever gets you through the night, and then all of a sudden it's just Old Dirt, just just wandering down an Old Dirt Road. I, I mean, I love, like I said, I love Harry, but it's a real downer from a real upper previously. Yeah, this, it's the sequencing. Old Dirt Road, when the album first came out, it held one emotion for me. Another song that I would skip over. No offense, but it, it just wasn't doing it for me back in 1974. Huh. But later on, especially in the 90s, uh, when you guys remember we bought a home that was down in Old Dirt Road. Oh, yeah. And I could never get that song out of my <laughs> mind every time I drove down the lane because it was an old dirt road yeah. and it led to our home. Wow. It, was a, it wasn't even long and winding. So... <laughs> That holds a different memory for me today, and my dislike for that song was erased because of my uh, memory. Wow. Of my more recent memory. Interesting. Well, I never knew that, and I also didn't know that you didn't like that song. It's odd to me. I think Old Dirt Road and Nobody Loves You, those, those two I find to be very similar, and then I find Bless You to be the lousy third cousin uh, <laughs> in that mix. Fair, but yeah, he does have fair. a few... <laughs> that are that are similar. Uh, I always loved Old Dirt Road because the the emotions are there, but it's not too slow. To me, it there's a nice there's nice slide work on it, or it sounds almost like that thing that Peter Frampton uses that the the wow 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 whatever squawk box squawk box. There's almost a George quality to that song though. Old Dirt yeah. Road, I think, because of the slide. 
Right. And it's a shame that John and George were not in a terribly good place. I, I suppose they were all right at this point, but they weren't as close as they had been, say, in 71 or something like that, where George is all over Imagine. I, if George was on this song and playing that slide, I think it would have brought it to a whole other level. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what that type of slide or sound is. It could be coming from Jesse Ed Davis, who was the guitarist. Yeah. I'm still not sure. I think it was just in the production of the track. Right. Uh, the guitar track. It's interesting. Could have been Reverend's Thumbs Gherkin. <laughs> uh, I well, I, I will, he's a piano player, like, along with Nicky Hopkins. Uh-huh. Are you, you don't know Reverend Thumbs? Ken Asher? <laughs> Reverend Thumbs, I think, was uh, the pseudonym that Harry was using. Oh, okay. For that song. Gotcha. It does. Uh, is he on piano on that one, though? Hey, it could have been John. I don't know. It, it's credited to Reverend Thumbs Gherkin and Nicky Hopkins. Interesting. So maybe Dr. Winston O'Boogie's partner in crime, Lennon the Doctor, Harry the Reverend. I, I could see that. We're on a mission from God. Well, we'll end the discussion here today for this first part with the song track four, What You Got. Then we're back up again. We're, we're sort of, we started in the middle, then we hit high, and then we crashed down to earth, and now we're back high again. So the dynamics are all over the place. But I'll say this, it's interesting. Uh, I like What You Got a lot. I find the um, production on it to be a little, let's call it aggressive, very loud. It, it's relentless. You know, it's not maybe my favorite on the record, but I do like it a lot. And I like the sentiment of it. It's clearly another one of these... Yoko's gone and I'm super bummed about it tunes because you know it's, you don't know what you got till you lose it baby 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 give me one more chance pretty transparent there yeah well he's got May right <laughs> well um, <laughs> makes you wonder what she was thinking you know <laughs> yeah I mean we uh I I'm back in the boogie on this song love this song I also want to say dad that yeah, Reverend Thumbs Gherkin is credited on piano, but also Dr. Winston O. Gherkin on Going Down on Love. <laughs> Reverend Fred Gherkin on Bless You. And let's not forget Captain Cool Damey. And then Dr. Winston O'Reggae on Steel and Glass. <laughs> Dr. Winston and Booker Table and the Mater D's on Beef Jerky. I love how he did all that. <laughs> I think that's that really was funny. the greatest thing. Yeah, that's funny. It's very but good. You rank what you got right up there, huh? Is that your favorite song on the album? No, Whatever Gets You Through the Night is my favorite song on the album. Well, really? That's actually, I don't know, Sweet Bird of Paradox. Surprise, surprise. James like, O'Poppin. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite. Like, if, I'm, if I put it on in the car, like in the summertime, and I have my windows down or something, which is kind of a metric on how I rank songs sometimes like what am i going really? to skip over and what am i going to be playing outside to the world to be obnoxious wow whatever gets you through the night is on there what you got is on there a surprise surprise is on there beef jerky is definitely on there and yaya's on there like th- those are <laughs> my, those are my <laughs> those are, are your my window hits. roll down songs yes those are my you know wow. it's it's the summertime and i want to show the world my love of john lennon so it's up there it's up there wow well, 
Excellent. A divergence of opinion, and we're going to leave our discussion there for this episode. So stay tuned. You're going to be listening to uh, the first foray into the DJ John Lennon series that I've sort of called it privately. And uh, we'll be back (laughs) here again next episode for the next four tracks. We're going to talk about the next four tracks on Walls and Bridges, and then we're going to continue with our DJ John Lennon series. So I guess uh, that's all from me, Dr. Paulus O. Scurvy. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm joined by uh, James Dill Pickles. <laughs> James Dill Pickles and Stranger on the Shore. And Stranger on the Shore. And we'll we'll see you again next episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You can't see me. John. We know that you're stuck here until your green card application uh, is successfully completed. Uh, therefore, you can't be in England. Uh, would you like to give any message to the guys who are going to get this record? Yeah, I'd like to say hi to all of you. If I was there, I'd come and see you. Uh, the message is, you know, if you like it, sell it. If you don't, try and sell it anyway, because we're all in the same business. I hope you like the single. You can take your girls out and dance, get your rocks off with it. If you take them home, you can play them the album. And do your best, and I'll see you as soon as I can. John, do you do you miss England? Well, I call it Britain. Yeah, I miss Britain, but I, I, I try not to miss it too much, because then I'd get that homesick bit, which I went through for a period. But I'm a stubborn thing, so I dug my heels in here till I get what I want, which is a green card so I can go to England, go to America, or go wherever I want. And I know Britain will be there when I get back. Would you like to put any time on that? When do you think you might be able to come back to see us? Uh, This immigration problem, or whatever it's called in America here, has got to come to a head in the next 18 months, one way or the other. And whatever, quesera, sera, as Doris Day used to say, and whatever will be, will be. I'll just take whatever comes. I hope they let me go in and out. That's all I want. John, along with the single, you've also just finished an album which has some terrific names on it. In fact, it, it is a great album. Would you like to give us a rundown on some of those names? Yeah, well, I can tell you... Thanks for the uh, thanks for the plug there. I can tell you the names... I'll give you the famous names first, which um, I enjoyed. Uh, on the single, we have your Elton John playing piano and singing the harmony with me, and we had a great time doing it. He just zapped in to New York, zapped into the studio, and really... I've never seen such a great piano player in a long time. He's really great. And he sang it with me, had a good time. And then there's another track. Oh, that's on Whatever Gets You Through the Night. That's the single. There's another track that from the album called Old Dirt Road, which I wrote with Harry Nielsen, and Harry Nielsen sings harmony on it. The other musicians on it, you want to know them? Okay. Uh, some of them you'll know, some you won't. The drums are Jim Keltner, who you probably know from all other Beatles albums, many other people. Guitarist Jesse Ed Davis, who was on the Bangladesh concert, also used to play with Taj Mahal. Acoustic guitar, probably won't know. You probably won't know him. Eddie Motto, electric piano Ken Asher, who I used on Mind Games, and he also writes songs and produces Paul Williams and does the orchestration for me of the strings. Uh, Steinway piano is Nicky Hopkins. We all know Nicky. Bass Klaus Forman. We all know Klaus. Yeah. Percussion, the guy called Arthur Jenkins, who's who plays all kinds of African bells and stuff like that. The horn section, I call them little big horns. That's Bobby Keys, who you know, from the Stones and Beatles and everybody. Steve Medeo, who's done stuff with Stevie Wonder. 
uh, Howard Johnson, Ron Apria, and Frank Vicari, which you probably won't know, but they're really good horn players. And uh, that's that's the whole that's the whole scene. Shouldn't be any problem in selling that album, then, John. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> Just finally, any little message that you want to give to the guys who are going to be selling the album, the girls who are going to be selling the single and the album, and all the people at EMI who are going to get behind it. I'd like to say this is our big chance, Emi, as I call it. And I hope you have a good time selling it. I think it's commercial, as Dr. John calls it. And if you like it, get behind it. And uh, come on, EMI, show me what you can do. With the imminent release of Lennon's new album titled Walls and Bridges, and the recent release of the single Whatever Gets You Through the Night by John, EMI requests John do some promotion. Without a touring band to aid in this promotion, John arranges to do radio and television interviews. Listen to this radio spot. listening to John Lennon's new album, Walls and Bridges, available now on Apple Records and Tapes. Thank you, Ringo. It's a pleasure, John. I hope you do the same for me when mine comes up. John and May fly off to San Francisco, where John lands in the disc jockey seat of KSAN-FM Radio with host Tom Donahue on September 21st. This is Tom Donahue, and you're at Jive 95, and John Lennon is our guest tonight. Then when I was a teenager I knew that I had got something going All my friends told me I was great
song has a lot to say about you too, right? Yeah, I, I started the song. Hello, Tom. How are Hello. You? Long right. time. How yeah, are you? Right. Great. All right. Yeah, uh, I had the the bit about I'm the greatest around, you know, and the and the, the little piano lick for quite a bit, and I was always thinking I can't I can't sing that. I can't sing that. Or going to say you know it's him singing. He's the greatest. And then I, I kept trying. Oh, I'll change it. I'll change it. And uh, I thought I could never change it. You know? And then I thought, oh, Ringo, Ringo, you know, so I finished it off. I sort of wrote it for him, but it was really me, him, all of it. You've been real busy lately, right? You've been working on, what, two albums? Yeah, well, uh, I was in the middle of uh, Phil Spector album, and it was 73, actually. And then Phil was ill or had a car accident. And I waited and waited, you know. And uh, he, he, didn't get, <coughs> he didn't get better like, so <laughs> I decided to go in and start my own album and three days before I, I went in and booked the time I suddenly he sent me the tapes so from doing nothing for months on end and just hanging out suddenly I had all this work to do which I liked so I went in and did my own album which I brought with me of course and wait and Phil Spector is waiting because he has a different concept of time than the rest of the world yeah he still thinks we're working on the last album so <laughs> I finished one while we were while we were waiting and uh, I'll go back and deal with Phil's tapes see what we did right and then you, you've done the Nielsen album recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pussycats, Pussycats. Yeah, I did that while I was waiting for Phil. And I just sort of got turned on to not being the singer again and being behind the board. So I thought, oh, I may as well do my own now. So I went straight from Harry's into my own. Used basically the same musicians, too. Doesn't sound like you've been loafing very much, though. No, I mean, it's all or nothing with me. All right. Okay, um, let's just start through the new album with uh, pleasure, side pleasure. one, cut one. That's where they always put the, the, the song they like the most then. Oh, do you? Well, what, what do you do? How do you figure out? Uh, it depends, you know. I try and start it off with, except for when I did Imagine, I put sort of, I suppose that was the album, really. I usually try and put something that brings you in, but not too much, but just sort of medium. And that's what this is. It's called Going Down on Love. Got to get
John Lennon's new LP. And that was Going Down on Love, and uh, you just go down in the microphone now. Okay, that was Going Down on Love with Arthur Jenkins on his beautiful conga. He's the percussionist on the album. And the song really speaks for itself, so I can't describe it. And we'd like to play another cut here, which is an instrumental which ended up on the B-side of the single. He says, like he's on AM. <laughs> it's called Beef Jerky. And uh, I get off on this because I don't have to hear my voice all the time. Okay, so uh, let's think about it. So that was an instrumental that I just had the lick and the thing is I couldn't 
Whenever I played the lick on my guitar, uh, what's that? Number one dream. Number nine dream. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, that's no, fine. Whenever I played the lick on the guitar, I couldn't sing it and play it at the same time, so I never got any lyrics for it, so it ended up as instrumental. And I'm rather glad of it, really. Next one's a song called Number Nine Dream, for no reason at all. Well, you've numbered things a lot over the years, huh? Uh, yeah, number nine seems to crop up in my life. Even the cover of the album, I used a picture of a f that I drew when I was a kid of 12, and it's a football picture, and the big, the main guy's got number nine on his back, so that's my number. Oh, your birthday's October the 9th. October the 9th, we had Revolution number nine, number nine, number nine, so let's go.
What you got? What you got? I like that a lot. I like and, it too. Uh, this is the new John Lennon album. You, I guess you got to like it all. I mean, do you do more than you put on the album? Are there the songs that you left off? Or you uh, usually, I ha on this album, there's 11, which is odd. I usually have 10 on, meaning not for any reason other than if you go over about 18, 19, 20 minutes, it gets a bit low. So I, I just left one off this time. But usually I only have exactly what I'm doing. Uh -huh. At most, there's usually one that I don't put on. Well, we were talking about uh, old records you liked, and Angel oh, yeah. Baby was one of the first ones that came to mind. That's one of my all-time favorites. I was trying to think what year Angel Baby would be. About, I have no uh, idea. I'm getting too old 62. to remember. 62? I don't know. It sounds earlier than that. It's a pity we haven't got the B-side, because the B-side's one of the classic all-time funny records where they get it wrong. It's not even the girls singing. It's uh, obviously somebody else singing. They must have had five minutes to cut the B-side, and they, <laughs> the, the drummer's on the on beat all through it sax solo comes in too soon so there's a big hole the guitarist comes in it's the funniest record
Angel Baby is a beauty. It's one of the great bad records. It's a special category of records. The B-side of Angel Baby is one of the all-time great bad records. Uh, yes. I think Angel Baby is, too. Oh, no. Way. Oh, I couldn't. I mean, don't say anything But like I say that, bad too. in the sense of bad. It's yeah. bad. Bad, you mean yeah. bad, bad. Bad, you mean bad, like, right. Bad, bad. Yeah. And it's sometimes a, bad, too. Sometimes bad. Yeah. I just want to, I love it so much. That's Angel Baby, oh, and uh, yeah, we're back. And I want to turn you on to one yes. we're discussing that I think is in much the same uh, space as freaks say. Um, it's by a fellow named Ron Holden. It's called I Love You So.
talking earlier about um, Brontosaurus Stomp, Roy oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hello, I'm just pulling the mic near because yeah. I'm mumbling. So talk a bit about Roy because uh, I think to a lot of people here, who just, they're just getting to know yeah. him. They know him through ELO, you know. And well, yeah, because he was the, he split. They're, they were originally Roy Wood and uh, what, what's the guy in ELO? Um, Jeff Lynn. They were in a group called The Move. I th in fact, they still make records under The Move. Mm -hmm. And they were sort of okay as the move, you know, they made a lot of top ten records. <clears throat> and then they split. Uh, I don't know when, in the 60s, late 60s, they split. They, had, they just had a single hit after single Group hit. split up. Yeah, 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 sort of hollies but better, you know? Uh. Funkier. And then, uh, yeah, they do split up. It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Strange. And they make good records. Now, Roy Wood turned out some good stuff and this is one of them i know he did stuff before it but this is the one i remember because it's the first time i saw him on tv looking like a madman with paint all you know striped on his face and the only people who were doing that were real underground people then he come on top of the pops the english <laughs> bbc and i just looked like a freak singing this song i liked it and i like uh, the other ELO too we'll get to them later I hate it, so I never thought she'd make it. Her 
Yeah, let's get back to work um, with ELO. This right, is yeah. the next progression of Roy Wood, right? Right, that was, this is Jeff Lynne. This is a few years later. And uh, I think they once said they were taken off where the Beatles left off with Walrus, and I think this is a good result of it.
as somebody here was saying, that's another one that was uh, stolen from the Beatles in a sense. Or no, borrowed, how's that? No, it, I wouldn't call it stealing. There's a little, little movements here, you know, mm -hmm. that you can uh, almost pick which songs, but uh, you can do that with Beatle music too, if you know where our influences came from, you know. And uh, what was it on the uh, Showdown one? Um, we won't name which where the pieces came from because somebody might pick it up and sue them, you know. But <laughs> there's two records there, but it's beautifully done oh, no, and it's improved. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, it's uh, Grapevine. Grapevine and uh, Thunder and uh, what is it? Lightning Strikes Again, oh. Lou Christie. But you could never place it, you know. If you wrote it out, it would look nothing the same if you wrote music. Uh, yeah, we're going to play a uh, track to side true called Surprise, Surprise. And yeah, believe it or not, when I first started writing this, it sounded like Little Darling. Do, 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 do. But listen and you'll hear it's nowhere near it. And that was Elton John singing harmony on that record. And they almost lost him on the mix, but it's there. <laughs> on earphones, you really get it. How about the album that uh, Spectre came in after you'd finished and worked on? 
And you go back now, and I suppose you have to, from time to time, listen to the things you did with the Beatles. I, I like listening. You like, yeah. um, I mean, are there things that have gotten better to you over the years that you look back on and think, oh, but that was dynamite? Some have well, gotten better in as much as I thought I didn't like them at the time, you know, because I wanted it to be something else. You know, you often go in with a sound in mind and come out with some... You know, you go in, you, you want to be B.B. King or whatever, right? Uh, and you come out and you're not. And for years, that hangs with you, what you were trying to do. And then I hear it and think, oh, that's okay. I wasn't as bad as I thought. And where were we? Um, well, <laughs> we're back on an album called oh, we're Walls in San Francisco, and Bridges. That's it, yeah. right. Hi, hi. Did you do the drawings? No, this is the first uh, cover of an album that I, I didn't do myself. Because I like doing them, I like even pasting them together. But I was really uh, too cooking on the album to even think about it. So I let the guy at Capitol do it, Roy Kahara, and he turned out a nice job. Actually, it was originally going to be the cover for the Spectre album, which we keep going back to. Uh -huh. but, but you will be going back to it. Right? Yeah, I go, when I leave here, I'll go back to it, back to New York. And uh, so we used it for this instead, and it works the same. Are okay, we now we're, we're back to side two. Uh -huh. No, I'm sorry, it's side one. You side one, side this, this is... Uh, Bless you. Bless you. You can dance very slowly to that.
enjoyed dancing with you, Tom. It's... It is delightful. We could be on Come Dancing if they just brought it back. Yeah, and we could trade it with you for Lawrence Welk. Right. I always thought they would go together incredibly well. Come Dancing is a BBC show, and it um, it's a program that is devoted to various clubs around England that do ballroom dancing, and they dance competitively on this TV show, and uh, they each have their own compare to sort of talk up how... Uh, Mary's wearing 4,000 sequins hand-sewn to the back of her neck. By Roy. Yes, yeah, right, right, right. He's a mechanic during the daytime. And this is the last night they'll be dancing together because Mary is engaged and her fiancé doesn't dance. <laughs> and the great military dancers, I always love them, when a whole lot of people are, are uh, teams of... Oh, they do the sort of... You know, the team like formation dancing, dancing yeah, right. they call it. Oh, yeah, that's the big yeah. trip. Couples over seventy playing. men bald, right? Yeah, right. All doing the tango. The men like doing them Spanish ones, you know? Yeah. Where they can put their hands up and hold their guts in. I always thought it was that and uh, Monty Python. You know, they were the two funniest programs. <laughs> They're bringing that show over here yeah. uh, on cable. Of what do you call it here? Public? What is it? Public well, TV. Yeah. Public TV. And national education. National education, you call it? Yeah. The, uh, that's coming shortly, so. I hope you're around to see it, man. Uh, yeah, I might even introduce it. They asked me to. But How I'm, are things I'm, going about staying in the country? Well, you know, every now and then they give me 30 days to get out, which is what, you know, and then we appeal it. Mm. And taxi drivers say, oh, you're still here? <laughs> <laughs> so it goes on like that. Uh, here's a Dylan song that uh, you wanted to play. Oh, yeah, Karina, Karina. This is one of the early Dylan records I got turned on to. And I like this one, you know. And uh, he didn't write it or nothing. And when I met him and he was saying, you know, we were swapping shit and that. I said, I like Karina Karina, you know, it's nice backing. And he looked at me like, surprise, you know, backing, you know. I said, yeah, the backing is great. So let's hear it. Karina Karina Care where you've been so long Karina, Karina, care where you've been so long. I've been worried about you, baby. Baby, please come home. I got a bird that whistles. I got a bird that sings. I got a bird that whistles I got a bird that sings But I ain't got Karina Life don't mean a thing Karina, care you're on my mind 
Karina, Karina, girl, you're on my mind. I'm sitting down thinking of you. I just can't keep from crying. Bob Dylan's Corina, and uh, you said you heard that in Paris the first time? Yeah, I think that was the first time I ever heard him at all. And I think Paul got the record from a French DJ. Uh, oh, we were doing a uh, radio thing there, and the guy had the record in the studio, and Paul said, oh, I keep hearing about this guy. Or he'd heard it, I'm not sure. And we took it back to the hotel and fell in love like. Mm -hmm. Just to jump off here for a minute before we get on to some commercials and some other things. Um, do you have any desire to uh, appear live again? I mean, does that turn you on? Would you like to try I it I get again? the uh, buzz to do it now and then. But I always get... Uh, like, I project and see it all. I tend to do that about everything, you know, even yeah. going downstairs or putting my trousers on. That's a good lead. But then, uh, mm, right... <laughs> So sometimes you feel already done it. And then you think about the, the percent of good shows one has out of, say, you're lucky to get three out of ten where you really hit the moments that you're looking for. This is Tom Donahue and uh, John Lennon's our guest tonight. We've been playing cuts from his new LP and we'll be getting back to that. And uh, right now we're just playing some records he likes and we're up to the Whalers. Yeah. Uh, I've forgotten who turned me on to the Whalers. I think it was... Gary Kelgren from Record Plant West and he played it to me at a party and it blew me head off like it's very good Eric got I shot the sherry from the album that's one of their tracks this is the track I like best I'll get up But if you 
sick and tired of your isms, schism, game, dying and go to heaven in Jesus' name, Lord. We know and we understand, Almighty God is a living man. You can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool all the people all the time. So now we see the light. What you gonna we going to stand up for a yeah. yeah. So you better get up.
This afternoon yeah. you played it. Yeah. Well, the guy playing saxo, Bobby Keys, he heard it on the radio, and he said, "No, oh, that's a nice saxo, not here in L.A." Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of it, they said, "Well, he, he realized it was him playing it." <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Uh, what we were actually trying to do though was go from scared, scared into dancing really with Mr. D, into dancing with Mr. D. Yeah, and we didn't because so if you'll just move uh, whatever gets you through the night in front of scared. Oh, Scared was a track from the album, which we didn't say what, what it was. Right. Remember, we went yeah. in from the wolves. That was the track, yeah. <laughs> and it was supposed to go into this.
I just, a wonderful fantasy just popped in the room. Yeah. And it was the idea of uh, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys and uh, Phil Spector producing Harry Nielsen. Yeah, what a Incredible. scene. Mm. And I'd love to see it. Yeah. I'll film it. Yeah, really. <laughs> But What's the most expensive record. album the Beatles ever made, would you say? Sergeant Pepper, because it took nine months. It wasn't nine months in the studio, but we'd, we'd work, then stop a bit, work it out, rest, work. It was the most expensive, and of course the record company was screaming. They screamed at the price of the cover, etc., etc. And now it's probably pinned all over the walls. <laughs> How many tracks was that? I don't remember. I, it was I think it's four track, yeah. Oh, I see that kind of yeah, thing. I yeah. thought you meant how many tracks on the album. No. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. I. Th um, I don't remember it being four. I know they keep telling us we worked on four, so we must have. I remember we were always waiting for something, and uh, I thought by now I keep thinking it must have been sixteen tracks. But I think you were right. But it was four or eight is the answer to that one. I <laughs> uh, was Nielsen. You're working with sixteen, right? Oh sure, yeah. And it's been 16 for a long time. A duck phone. Well, the, the, you oh, duck phone. There's a nice story you get about more than that. 16 now. Oh, I know that. I could. I've never gone over 16. I mean, I've used tracks, you know, mixed down and mixed together to get more available. But that 24 business and 38, you know, couldn't deal with it. Back to music. You know, somebody told me a story about this song, which is the Doc Pomus who is in a wheelchair, who lives in a wheelchair. I only met him once. I was thrilled. And he wrote this for his beautiful wife, and it saved the last dance for me. You can dance, every dance with the guy who gives you the eye, let him hold you tight. You can smile, every smile for the man who held your hand neath the pale moonlight. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the last dance for me. Mm. Oh, I know, oh, I know that the music's yes, fine, like sparkling oh, wine. Go and have your yes, fun. Oh, I know. Laugh and sing. Yes, I know. But while we're oh, apart, don't give your yes, heart to anyone. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the last dance for me. Mm. Baby, don't you know I love you so? Can't you feel it when we touch? I will never, never let you go. I love you oh so much. You can dance, you can dance, go and carry you on till the night is gone dance. and it's time to you go. You can dance. If he asks, you can dance. If you're all alone, you can, can he take you, you home? Dance. You must tell him no. Cause don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the last dance for me. Say the last dance 
dance for me Say the last dance for me, a drifter's doing the original. And the uh, album that you worked out with Phil is oldies, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's all oldies. Uh, what did we do? What did we do? Oh, I don't want to say what we did because people cover them. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's 73 we started, if it ever comes out. <laughs> well, you see, it's safer than oldies album because you don't need to feel rushed. <laughs> that it'll, that's true, that's it, true. It isn't going to lose that thing of being of the moment, you know. This is Tom Donahue. We're talking to uh, John Lennon, and uh, I thought it was about time we got back to what he used to do and played some Beatles things. Yeah, I'm still doing the same on you. I know a bit more about it, I guess. I'm gonna use something from the White Album, right? Yeah, now? let's. Uh, the chocolate box. Go for a bit of that. I'm so. One thing transcendental meditation does for you is make you so tired. Any reason you, you sleep. went to that one? Uh... Because uh, that was the first one when we said, oh, White Album. That was the one that came to mind, mm -hmm. just like that. I know the uh, Beatle experts in the world, full of them, uh, always point to Revolver as the big turning point. I think there's a lot of people around who are rock and roll critics today that that may be the first thing they ever heard. Well, uh, like everything, people go in trends, you know, and the trend now is to think that was the change. And the trend before was to think Robber Soul was the change. And then the other trend was Sergeant Pepper, right? But the whole thing was a gradual change, so there was no major... You weren't conscious of being spun around or anything? Huh? No, but we were conscious that the uh, some 
formula or something was it was moving ahead that was for sure but we were on the road you know not physically i mean on the road in the studio and the weather was clear i think it was your son suggested going uh, out the blue from the mind games album to sexy sadie or vice versa doesn't it because the chords are similar be interesting to hear me uh, pinching myself right this is tom donahue our guest is john lennon out of the blue Sexy Sadie, what have you done? 
Set us on a trip talking, right? Yeah. yeah it's easy to drift away doing yeah. this. Well, especially when I was there, you know. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Do you find specific memories coming back on oh, the yeah. songs? Yeah. I remember, you know, singing them mm -hmm. and writing them. Always two separate places. That was written in India, too. Just as we were leaving, waiting for our bags to be packed in the taxi that never seemed to come, we thought. They're deliberately keeping the taxi back so we can't escape from this madman's camp. <laughs> we had a mad Greek with us that was paranoid as hell, kept saying, it's black magic, black magic, they're going to keep you here forever. So that was what I was doing while that was going on. Uh, but you got away. I must have got away because I'm here. Yeah, you're here. And uh, what did you say a little while ago? You said, like the way that... What meditation done to your voice? Well, whether it was meditation or being away from everything, I mean, we were really away from everything. It was like a sort of recluse holiday camp, you know, right at the foot of the Himalayas. It was like being up a mountain, but they call it the foothills, hanging over the Ganges with uh, baboons stealing your breakfast and everybody flowing around in robes and sitting in the rooms for hours and hours meditating. It was quite a trip, you know was in a room for five days meditating once. That was quite a trip. I wrote hundreds of songs. Couldn't sleep and <laughs> I was hallucinating like crazy. Songs. Having dreams where you could yeah. smell. Uh -huh. Now I'd do a few hours and then you'd trip off, you know, uh -huh. or half or whatever you were supposed to be doing, you know, f three or four hour stretches and you'd really trip out. And it was just like uh, a way of getting there. And you'd go, amazing trips. But it's, it was 
it was never the bit where you, when you got back to, you know, cooking and living daily in the in the uh, Western world, like you know, getting up for breakfast and going to work or making records or back to so-called reality. You just can't fit it in. Well, well, John, thank you very much for coming up. It's been a pleasure. It was a pleasure, Tom. I really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, we really it. got down to the. Uh, the long trip down to the old dirt road, which is the last track we're going to play. And you got a gig here anytime you want it. Thank you. Uh, I'll be back. I enjoyed it. We'll be expecting you, believe me. To be commercial a moment, this is the last track from the new album, Walls and Bridges. It'll be out sometime next week.
Coming up in a moment, John releases his new album. You've been listening to John Lennon's new album, Walls and Bridges. Thank you, Ringo. It's a pleasure, John. And John flies to L.A. to be a powerhouse morning disc jockey. If you have any requests, call me at 520-1974. John F. Lennon here. Uh, hello, John. Hello, who's that? Uh, this is Mike. Are you on the way to school? Uh, no, I'm getting ready for school. Okay, well, shave your pimples and what's your request? Next on Yesterday and Today. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do. Or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever. But to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's Society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. (laughs) Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Thank you.